This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Covered me. Oh, welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, flying solo this week. My hope is that Pastor Ken Keltner will be back in studio with me next week. I'm excited about today's show. I had a chance to talk to our guest for a while couple of times this week, in fact, uh, and he is Rocky Coyle, former pro baseball player, also works with uh, UPI and got a chance to meet Rocky through Tom Roy, so I just want to thank Tom Roy. Rocky, how you doing today? Everything going okay in North Carolina? Well, you know how it is here, not like where you guys are. We get a little dusting and they clear the shelves and, <laughs> and you know, I'm over here right now, nobody else is on the road, I'm pulled over and Nice and quiet here. Yeah, you guys got how much? Like a foot of snow? Probably not. Right, yeah. an in, maybe an inch. No, maybe. A, well, we got an inch. You know, we would they have decent. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, so it's better than Phoenix. But still, you know, they they pre-did the roads and they did all that. But you know, people in the south, they go buy all the bread and milk and then they just sit until it all melts. You know. You know what? Not but, a not a bad way to go. They're talking that it's going to be. It's going to be like 25 below zero soon, oh. like either tonight, overnight, or, or sometime. But they're wow. talking 30 in the 30s by Sunday when this is going wow. to air. And guys are talking about going out and playing golf. You, you'll see guys walking around without their shirt on. 30 degrees. We're, we're a tough breed here in Wisconsin. You should be. I, I grew up in Phoenix, and I didn't see snow until I was 24. I was in the outfield playing in Reno, and – it started snowing, and um, Mitch Williams was on the mound for the for Reno, and he didn't throw strikes anyway. So it was the first time the outfielder was from L.A., Los Angeles. I'm from Phoenix, and the left fielder was from Ohio. And he's look the center fielder and I are looking at each other, looking up, and wow, snow! The guy from Ohio is going, "Are you guys crazy, or what in the world are you guys looking at?" I said, "We've never seen snowfall." That was the first time before I ever saw snowfall. Man, I'll t- that's awesome. Man, you're right. Mitch Williams didn't throw strikes very well, did he? Well, can you imagine hitting? It was the, the snow was blowing sideways, and we were trying to hit off him when he was, you know, 19 or 20. Oh man! Oh, he couldn't throw strikes in the big leagues, let alone in Reno when it was 30 degrees. You know, it was pretty. It was pretty hair raising. I didn't know who he was then, but I found out fast. Hey, we are talking to Rocky Coyle, and and I went and I looked at his Twitter account. My family. Uh, hashtag for life mentoring and speaking, playing with my daughters and granddaughters is what he's all about. And we're going to talk a lot about um, some of the, the the things that are going on in Rocky's life. I have to tell you, 
There are there are similarities between Rocky and I. Grandfathers, we love our kids, we love our grandkids, but Rocky was led to do some things that that I have to tell you, I I I'm hoping the Lord does not lead me in that direction. I'm not sure I can handle what he's going through right now, which is this adoption. And I love the pictures, Rocky. You've got a beautiful family. And we're going to talk a lot about these five girls that that you've adopted and possibly a sixth coming up. And we're also, in fact, we're also going to be talking about the ABBA Fund, which is Adoption Assistance for Christian Families. And as we talk about that throughout the show, um, go on ABBAfund.org. If you're feeling led, there's a way that you can donate for their their team fund. There, there's some things on that website that I didn't know about until I got a chance to talk to Rocky. And I went on that website, and there's some really interesting stories, um, things that, that they do uh, through the ABBA Fund that, that you may have some interest in, in, again, helping out or getting involved in one way or the other. Hey, Rocky, let's start a little bit. You talked about growing up in, in Arizona. Is that Did you go to grade school and high school and everything right in Arizona in Phoenix or where I was born raised in Phoenix uh I'm from the I'm one of the few natives I was born there and I grew up in uh I have a family of five Um, my dad was a my dad played um college basketball at the University of Arizona um I got his athletic ability but not his height you know but uh, that was all right but uh, I got my mom's height but when I started playing ball I started playing in Sandlot in the neighborhood I grew up in in Phoenix, um, there was a Sandlot, like the movie. You know, all my buddies that I grew up with, they said, you ever see that movie Sandlot? And I said, yeah, that's the field we grew up on. And I was the ninth boy born into that neighborhood. I was the littlest one. They called me Little Rocky. My birth name is Rock, R-O-C-K. My dad named me Rock. And and so I started, that's how I started playing ball was uh, in Sandlot. So I was in diapers pretty much, they said. And when the ball get hit out to me, I just roll it in. And then, uh, you know, out of my neighborhood, I think uh, three guys played college and a couple played pro. So they were some good players, you know, where I grew up. So by the time, that's where it all started for me. My dad always took time for us. And, you know, he was always, he was a great dad. And my, so my foundation was there. uh, And, you know, as far as sports goes, my dad was a coach. And, and, you know, he always took time. He always had time for us. And really, Mike, where the foundation came is when I started playing Little League. Um, my, my family, we were not believers at the time, uh, but I grew up and my dad was always a great dad, which a lot of kids don't have nowadays, but he always took time for us. So by the time I played my first year of little league, when I was eight, I was already a seasoned veteran. So the whole season, everybody moved back, Rockies up, you know, and I hit home runs, (laughs) never get me out. So the last game, my dad would never sit with parents. He always stood down the right field line. The reason I tell this story is because any dads that are out there, this is the you know, putting a blessing on your son's life at an early age is huge for his confidence and who he is. And, and my dad, you know, I'm 57 and, and my dad's still alive, but, but I remember what happened. I'm playing my little league game last game of the season. I'm up to bat and I foul tipped it with two strikes in the catcher's glove. And for the first time I struck out with many more after that. But when I did, they, they, they mobbed the pitcher that struck me out. We got Rocky out. And they mobbed him, and, and so I, I didn't think it was any big deal. Okay, great, you got me out. And I started walking back to the dugout, and my own teammates were cheering. And the parents of my teammates like, you know, hey, we're finally glad that kid got out. And I was confused because I was like, I'm eight years old. And so I did what every eight-year-old does when he's confused. I started crying yeah. on the field. I remember my dad, 
he never sat with parents. He stood way down the left field line. He watched the whole thing. So I, I rode my bike home, and I, was, I felt like I had failed my dad. And I was in my bedroom, and my dad came in there, and he sat next to me, and he lifted me up. He always made me look at him, and he, look, look at him in the eyes. I hated that in high school, obviously, but, I, and even, but, but he always made me look him in the eyes because the eye is the window to the soul. And he asked me a question, and I've never forgot this, and it was my foundation. He said, what are you crying about, son? And I said, Dad, I'm sorry I failed you. You know, I'm so sorry. And he, he licked, lifted my head up to, to his face, and he said, Rock, Rock Joseph, let me tell you something before you start this thing called life. I don't care if you get four hits in a game. I don't care if you're 0 for 4. I don't care if you're an All-American. He goes, I don't even care if you play pro ball one day. You listen to me and don't ever forget this. He said, I love you because you're my son. And the only thing I ever ask, son, is that you give 100% and be the best you could be. And that's the only thing. You don't ever have to earn my love. And when my dad did that to me, I'm telling you, Mike, I never feared walking on a ball field. You know, and I played, I was a three-sport letterman in high school basketball, baseball, and football. And, you know, the funny thing was I went on to become an All-American in high school and in college, and then I did play pro ball. But it was interesting how the foundation of that was on my dad, you know, and and later on um, through Fellowship of Christian Athletes when I was 18, he came to me one more time and he said, Rock, something happened to me today that's the the greatest thing ever. I thought, what, you win the lottery? Right. And he told me that he – through Fellowship of Christian Athletes, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he challenged me if I died that day, if I knew where I'd go. And I, in my pride, I said, well, yeah, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good guy. And, and that was the foundation. He shared uh, the Romans road with me, you know, uh, you know, that pointed out, you know, that I was a sinner, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That was the foundation. So my dad came to me another time in my life like he did when I was a little boy. And this time, he brought the greatest gift he could possibly give me. And, you know, so I, I rejected it when he first talked to me. And I was playing basketball, and I, I could really jump high at 5'7". I, I had a great vertical jump, and I, was, I could grab the rim, you know. Um, and I went up really high, and I got flipped over. I broke my hand. And when I went to the doctor's office, they told me that um, – that I might not ever play sports again because I shattered my hand. And it was my senior year, which, you know, you know, was the greatest year I was supposed to have, you know. And, um, you know, that's when all the, the gospel that my dad had shared with me, I realized that I, I was susceptible to the things of this world. And I didn't know how to read a Bible. I didn't know how to pray. And I, I just said, Lord Jesus, you know, if you're real, like it happened to my dad, you know, would you, would you please change my life? And I'm going to tell you something, Mike, my life has never been the same. He transformed. It was the most powerful thing that's ever happened. You know, lights didn't go, you know, blinking and right. there weren't fire, but There was a transformation happened in my heart, and I've never looked back, and I've never compromised, you know, in my faith since, you know, right. and that was when I was years old. Man, we are talking. That's awesome. I got goosebumps on my arm. He is Rocky Coyle, a uh, former uh, professional baseball player, also works with UPI. Um, and, and the guys over, um, Tom Roy and the guys at, at UPI, they do a great job. Hey, Rocky, before we get to a break, I, uh, I did some research on you, and, and I found uh, Hamilton High School's all-time baseball lineup. And number two in that uh, uh, all-time all greatest baseball lineup, number two in there is Rocky Coyle. I'm going to read what it says about you as a player. He possessed speed and power, driving in runs, coming up clutch. 
He went went on to play at Mesa Community College, University of Arizona, played in the Oakland A's Toronto Blue Jays organization. He was also a pretty good darn football player on a state championship team. Uh, so you talk about a multi-sport athlete, and we may talk more about that, Rocky. I've been, it's my 36th year coaching uh, basketball, mostly at the high school level. And uh, yep. few and fewer kids are playing multiple sports. And, and I love the fact that you were a three-sport athlete, but they yep. talk about the greatest. And some of these guys on this sheet, man, these are guys that all played, you know, played for the Colorado Rockies or the Cincinnati Reds. And this is an awfully good lineup that this high school could put together. But number two, left fielder Rocky Coyle. Hey, we're going to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, we'll continue to talk with with Rocky. I'm going to ask him some questions about walking worthy when he was uh, playing minor league baseball. I know that's a difficult place to, to uh, continue to walk worthy, but we'll get to some answers from him on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, again flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner hopefully will be back in studio next week. Looking forward to seeing him. Our special guest, Rocky Coyle, former pro baseball player. In fact, Rocky, I was looking at... uh, I was looking at your your numbers as you know, single, double, triple A baseball. Man, you you hit the ball everywhere you played. Yep, I was a career three twelve hitter, and you know, it was one of those things that I, my dad said I when I was born out of the womb I could hit. You know, so you know I could. There's something about that God gave me ability that always be able to you know to be able to hit the ball. You know, in high school and you know. I, High school, you hit like 560, and in college, you know, I was 380, 380, you know, right up there, and and then pro ball, same thing. So I was, I was just, I just loved to swing the bat, man, and and play defense. You know, I had good wheels, so I was very blessed with that. Hey, Rocky, why do you think um, you didn't take that last, that big step to to go to to uh, into major leagues? Well, what happened was, you know, I think that it was. I look back, and it wasn't because I didn't put the numbers up, you know. I just believe it was God's hand on my life because I didn't really, you know, I was a baseball guy. That's the only thing I knew. But then when I was in triple, when I finally made it up to triple A, um, that after the season was over, I had a really good year in double A again. And I kept, when I was with the A's, it's kind of a long story, but it, I really believe God's hand was on my life. Then he, he had a calling on my life to go into ministry, but I didn't really know what that meant. Nobody had really discipled me. And, you know, everywhere I'd go, every town, people go, hey, could you come share your faith at this church, and I started doing it. And then I had a friend of mine who was in Alabama at an inner city church in Alabama, and he said, "Why don't you pray about leaving baseball and come and helping me at this small church?" And I was laughing. I go, "Yeah, right," because all I knew how to do was play baseball. But God started working in my heart about a year, and in spring training in '88, I um, walked in into the Blue Jays front office, and I said, "You know, I feel like you know I, that God's calling me into ministry," and I just disappeared. 
you know, a lot of people look at my stats, they go, you were there, and all of a sudden, where were you, you know? So, but that's how it really started, and there was, there was a long process. We don't have the time to, to talk about it, but it was God was really working in my heart, which I didn't completely understand, and, and I look back now, and I could see that he was kind of blocking me from moving on to those other things, because it was, you know, like, all these things happen in, in my life. Like, one player personnel director, uh, his name was Carl, he, um, He's, I, I, you know, in, in Huntsville in, uh, in 85, I hit a home run to win the Southern League Championship and led the team in hit in the second. That was with Conseco and that group of the A's. And we won the Southern League Championship. I hit a home run to win the championship. And so the season ended. They said, you're going to Tacoma. The last day of spring training, I, um, they sent me back down to, to Huntsville. And, you know, I never could understand all these years. And the guy that was a player personnel director, he gave his life to Christ. A uh, guy named Don Gordon who used to be with UPI too. Yep, he's been but, on, he's uh, been a guest. He's been a guest on the show. He was a great guest. Yeah, and so he 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 led this guy to Christ. The guy called me and asked for my forgiveness because that year um, Huntsville, I was a favorite, a fan favorite. They wanted to keep the contract with Huntsville, and so they and because I was a popular player, they put me back there, and you know instead of you know moving on. And I always wondered what happened, but you know, in the law, you know, but I know God was the one directing that because I ended up, you know, doing a lot. That's where I met that guy that I later went into ministry with. But I knew something was up, so there was a lot of things like that that happened. But you know, I I just know that God was in control of my life, and 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 after in '88, I went back to school and was ordained in '91, and and started working the inner city in Alabama with kids in the project, and that's really kind of how everything started. I remember watching the World Series. You know, I was emptying garbage cans in the inner city, and the enemy's like, look at that, you could have been doing, because the A's won it, and then the Blue Jays won too. Oh, man. And all those guys, my teammates, and Satan was going, look at, you're a failure. And people to this day, the enemy tries to come up to me, and uh, people come up and say, hey, you really didn't make it. And I was like, yeah, you know, and you just kind of smile, and you go, you know, I, I got a promotion, really, is what I got. But, you know, the enemy always makes you feel like you're a failure. But, you know, I, I, can't, I can't even count how many kids I've had a chance to tell the good news of Jesus Christ, you know, and over the years. He is Rocky Coyle. Again, he is a former pro baseball player, also works with UPI. And, we're again, we're going to get into um, what's going on in his life uh, soon. A couple of things before we do that. I made a mistake the first segment. He didn't go to Hamilton High School in, in Arizona. He went to Coronado High School. So Coronado's all-time greatest baseball lineup card. He's number two on there. And I love the fact, possessed speed, power, driving and runs. But as a coach, I like the line coming up clutch. Guy that yeah. uh, can do it when the lights get a little bit brighter. And you know what? And your hands start getting a little sweaty. He's a guy that that obviously in his day uh, could hit the ball and, and field it. And he had some great opportunities to minister to, to people throughout uh, single and, and double and triple A. Rocky, we, I like to ask guys that, that that played, especially in minor league baseball, you know, you, you look at some of the movies like Bull Durham and, and you see that, you know, minor league baseball, there's a lot of temptation. Is that a difficult place for a guy that wants to continue to walk worthy um, and, and certainly serve uh, Jesus Christ? That's a tough place for for them to be, I would think. Yes, I gave my card to the Lord when I was 18, so that was starting college. So from that point on, it is a tough place. And but what really? But if you if you're sold out to the Lord, when I when I followed Christ, I wasn't playing. 
You know, I wasn't, I didn't grow up playing in church. I, it was something that was real to me. Jesus Christ was real. He transformed my life. I look at what he did on the cross and it brings tears to my eyes, even to this day that he looked out and he said, father, forgive them. And when I saw that, it was serious to me. So one of the things that helped me on the road was always have good accountability. Um, you know, I didn't trust my own flesh, you know? And so I had good guys. We had things like UPI and, and baseball chapel and I would find guys on the team, even if there wasn't believers, guys that were that had similar morals than I did, and I would hang out with them. And then we started doing Bible studies on the road. We started, we started, you know, going against it. We would see guys from other teams who loved the Lord, and we always had a we had a, a thing we would do. We point to our eye, then we point to our heart, and then we would point at the guy. I love you, and I got your back, even from another team. So we we saw revival happen, and we were on the road. We 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 were baptizing guys in the swimming pool. We were doing Bible studies. The Blue Jays actually were angry at us because we had so many guys coming to the Bible study. He said, you got to let these guys party. And so, um, you know, they, they wanted them to party and live hard like ball players are supposed to. And we were asking for permission to use the swimming pool to baptize guys, you know. And we, we were young, so we didn't even know you were supposed to have pastors to do it. But, you know, there wasn't any pastors on the road, so we were already, you know, we would lead guys to Christ. We'd have prayer meetings at night that went late. Guys were confessing their sins to one another, things they struggled with, so we would hold each other accountable. So it could go that way. You know, when you're alone on the road, there's a lot of temptation. But when you have accountability and, you, you know, you're, you're in the Word and you're seeking the Lord, the kingdom first, you know, and, and I had an awesome wife who was, you know, who was there for me throughout all of it, too. And she's still, to this day, 36 years we've been together. Man, that's that's awesome. We um on on this show, and I love. I, I wish Pastor Ken was here. He'd love the stories about the pool and and wherever he is. He was on the uh, on a plane and uh, just recently, and he sent me a quick text. He met a a young man that was a uh, D- Division two college basketball player who uh, has accepted Jesus Christ two years ago and, and we, is going to be perfect for, for faith in the zone, and it, it was good. We we um, had A.J. Ellis, who was a catcher for uh, the, the Dodgers at that time. He actually married a girl from Walking. He comes north for the winter. He said, look, wow. I'm the only guy that comes north for the winter. And he was telling the story. He was catching, and... Uh, uh, the catcher for the Giants, Buster Posey, got in the batter's box, and they had done baseball chapel uh, prior to this game. And and AJ Ellis looked up and he said, "Hey, Buster, how good was chapel today, man? Can you believe Book of Romans? How strong that is!" And Buster called timeout and got out. He said, "AJ, you know, come on, you know, I'm getting ready to hit against Clayton Kershaw." And AJ Ellis is like, "Yeah, but can you, you know, just think about what he talked about in the Book of Romans? How strong this was and." And Buster guy, he said, "What? Why, why are you doing this?" And and I thought, you know what? Here's two Christians talking smack right there. You know, he's trying right. to get him off his game to talk about the Book of Romans. Hey, when when you were in minor league baseball, Rocky, um, easier than for you to walk worthy while you were in the locker room or outside of the locker room? Oh, it was. I felt it was a great challenge inside the locker room. I felt like if the spirit of God, the God's greater, greater is He than is in us, and He's in the world. So we felt, you know, I didn't sit there and thump guys over the head. I tried to love them and tried to listen and be there for them. And I can remember this one guy, he was one of the best players. He made fun of me every day in the locker room, and he'd make fun of the way I laughed. And, you know, and every day, you know, and you know, my old days, I probably wouldn't have wanted to fight him, you know, because I'm an Irish guy. You know, we learned how to box early. Yep. And kept loving him and kept, you know, kept my testimony. 
And then one day about 3 o'clock in the morning, knock on my door, and he's standing there, and he's crying. And, you know, in the world, I would have said, what are you doing here crying, man? You've been on my case for a month, you know. You bet. But, but he was struggling with drugs, and he was struggling in his life and his morals, and, and he just said, I need help, and I didn't know where else to go. And I said, come on in, man. I hugged him, and he ended up praying and receiving Christ that night, and he still walks with the Lord to this day. And, you know, the same with a bat boy. You know, I got a text recently a bat boy from 30 years ago who was trying to cuss with the other pitchers and be cool. And when he had me, he tried to do it. And I asked him, I said, you know, I, I said, do you love the Lord? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, and now he ended up, I, he, he, you know, I prayed with him in the bullpen and he gave his life to Christ. And 35 years later, he texted me and said, he's an elder in his church and he's been serving the Lord. So you don't even know half the time, you know, what's going on. But when you stand for Christ and you do it in love, like Jesus did, and you just, you just, you know, you look at people, and they sense the Spirit of God. They sense the love of Christ, because it's not you. It's, it's the love of Christ. That's, it's the power of God in you, and that's what draws people, because people are looking for answers. They're looking for peace. They're looking for, you know, they, this isn't satisfying. And when they look at you and they see in your eyes, there's something greater. And that's, God's real, man. He's a, he's a powerful God. Yes, he is. He is he, he he is Rocky Coyle, and we we are uh, discussing a number of things. And I promise, I keep teasing this. But in the third segment, we're going to talk about some of the things that that Rocky and his wife are are doing now. That I I just um, I, I I just fall down and praise him for doing this. Uh, they've adopted five, and possibly they're looking at maybe a sixth. A girl, and he's a grandfather. He's like me, and and they uh, they decided the Lord was was leading them to do this some adoptions. And and when you read the story, and I'll tell you where to read it, um, really incredible. Hey, Rocky, let's get to a quick break. Other side of the break, that's what we'll talk about: the Coyle family adoption. And uh, boy, I, I'm looking at a picture, and I, and first of all, y'all kicked your coverage, pal. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. I hey. hey, my, hey my, my, Kids came to me and said, "Hey, your wife is beautiful. How did you ever get here?" I said, "Hey, man, I could hit." That's I could. it. Hey, trust me, I'm the president of that organization. But you come on in. There's room for you because looking at the, I get asked that all the time. My wife and I went to high school together. She asked me uh, asked me out like the day after we graduated from high school. She doesn't remember it exactly the way that I do, but we've been together ever since. And yeah. I get, I still get that. People look and yeah. go, are you kidding me? How'd this happen? My mom still questions it. Hey, we'll get to a break again. He is Rocky Coyle, and he's a former pro baseball player, works with UPI with uh, Tom Roy. I want to thank Tom Roy for the introduction to Rocky Coyle. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Accurate Basement Repair. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, flying solo this week, Pastor Ken Keltner. Hopefully we'll be back in studio next week with me. 
My special guest is Rocky Coyle, former pro baseball player. He worked uh, works with UPI as well. Rocky, what else is some of the things you're doing? You give a lot of baseball lessons right now? Yes, I, I teach less. That's what I do full time. I was in ministry for 25 years, but I, you know I'm always in ministry. But we also have been focusing on adopting uh, uh, little girls, uh, little kids from overseas, and so I've been focusing on. I do hitting lessons. I do that full time. I also have a nonprofit for life, the number four, the word life org, and we do camps for kids inner city. We do. So we do that, and I do the hitting, and, and then I still speak at churches and preach, you know, when I can. But mainly I've been focusing on raising these little girls uh, that my wife and I, that God miraculously has brought into our life. Hey, can so, we talk uh, about that? You guys were you guys were set. You had two, two grown children, and you were right. a grandfather. And, and, you know, the article that, that I read, uh, which is on uh, – it is uh, uh, org. Uh, is where you need to read this article. Picture of Rocky and um, his uh, his kids and wife and and three of these girls. So it's I think it's an older picture, but talked about after prayer they entered into the adoption world and and the Lord was leading you guys to to adopt some kids from from different countries. And you know the story is incredible. Um, right yep. now you have how old are the girls? They're fifteen, thirteen, twelve, 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 and we're going to get. <laughs> It's 11. And really, my how it all started, it's a miracle. Debbie and I were, you know, in that time of our life where we were going antiquing together. We were visiting our grandkids. My wife was working at Hallmark just to pick up some, you know, she was a PE teacher, you know, if she wanted to be. And one day, a lady came in that she knew, and um, the lady um, had a, a little child from, you know, that was Spanish. And my wife's like, she's not Spanish. Then she told her about it. And really, the Lord said, because Debbie was looking to see what was next in our lives. And the Lord said, listen carefully, you know, subtly in her heart. And that's where it all started. And she came to me. Debbie's the type of person that takes her years to for God to move. And for me, it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. But, you know, that day I said, it's funny, Debbie, the Lord was just talking to me about adoption, but I thought there's no way that she will ever adopt it. We were almost 50 at that point. And so, you know, we looked at Guatemala and it closed. And then my daughter went to NC State, and she said, "What about India?" So um, we went to uh, um, we went to uh, so we, we we decided, okay, well, let's go check it out. My wife came to me, and there's a little girl who had been burned and left to die on the side of the road when she was four years old, and she was like 13, 14 pounds. And I saw a picture of her, and that's where it started. We it took us a long time, almost two and a half years, fighting through the bureaucracy. We finally flew there. I'm going to tell you something, Mike, and I didn't even want to go to India. I said, I don't want to fly all the way to India. You know, your flesh, you know, these guys were brave, you know. But I was like, why can't we do it here? But the Lord, you know, had her. I saw her picture one day, and I was driving down the road in my truck. And the Lord, I just started weeping. I pulled over, and her picture was up on, on the top of my truck. Oh, and man. I said to the Lord, and I started was weeping on the side of the road, and I said, Lord, if she needs a daddy— I said, I'll be her dad. Man. And so, you know, I, I flew there, and um, and I was in the—it was probably the poorest place I'd ever been. My wife and I are trucked through these, you know, places we shouldn't even hardly be, probably. And we came across this little orphanage, and all the kids—there's 100, 154 children, no shoes, scabies, lice. And this little girl walked up to me, and— uh, she came up to me, and here I was, a former ball player, and I'd been a minister. 
and she walked up to me and and I didn't hear the Lord audibly, but I heard him in my heart. He said, This is my kingdom. This is where my heart is, it's the least. And then when I looked at her, he said, This was you, Rocky, before you knew me. You were scarred and broken and you had no hope. And um and that's when it I, I realized I was in the you know, we, we look at we think we're in church in presence of God, but he's where the least are. And that's where God started it. And um you know, we had to, we visit her that one time and we had to make two visits because there's a law in that, in that area of the, of India. So I, we stood before the judge and we were trying to get her in that first visit. And the judge uh, said, why are these people here? Why would they come here? What's with this little girl? And why would they want her? And, uh, and how come nobody here adopted her? And finally they took her shirt off in, in the church, in the, in the courtroom and they showed her scars. And she was ashamed. She was crying. And then the judge looked at her and said, I see why nobody would want you. Oh, my goodness. And I looked up at the judge. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, how long do I have to be in jail if I go after the judge? You, the, you're, and, uh, being an Irish you know, guy, by you being an yeah. Irish guy, you wouldn't mind taking a swing at him. So I just looked at the judge and I picked her up in my arms and I said, I want her. Oh. I want her. And so that's how it started. And so then, you know, God started moving in my heart, Debbie's in my heart, and we, we ended up, you know, they said it would be six weeks to go back and get her, and it ended up being six months, and we finally got her through a lot of warfare. There's a lot to the story, and then God started working in our heart, and then we went back to get another little girl named Savita. Her mom told her to sit down in town and when she was three and, and never came back to get her, and she wandered for two days. And then, you know, uh, her she had her throat cut in, in an orphanage, and... She had been through a lot, and so we got her, and she's beautiful. She's going to be a doctor one day. And then Leah is gorgeous. They said she would never be able to function, and she's just the most beautiful little girl. And if you look at her in the picture, you'd never know. And then we went – we couldn't go to India anymore, so we went to China uh, to an orphanage there where nobody has ever adopted kids out of. And, and we went in and got a little girl called – we call her Chi-Chi. And uh, then we got Abigail, and then we got – just recently we got Allison. Yes. And – and Allison was a girl that we had seen. We we saw him each time we went, and there's a lot to the story. But the bottom line is, every time we would go, we would see another one, and they weren't in the registry because they said they're stupid, they won't amount to anything. We didn't even put them in the thing in the system because nobody would want them. And so you know, and we got the, all these girls. Peachy uh, had been uh, a baby wrapped in a blanket and left in the steps because her hands were deformed. And then Abigail was wrapped and left at a train station with her umbilical cord still attached. And then Allison, she has a wine stain on her face, but she's beautiful. And she was older. So we got back home after the other two we had done, um, you know, uh, we God, we were trying to tell people, you got to adopt this little girl. We were done at four. And then uh, one of the little girls at the, Chi-Chi and Alice, Abigail said, hey, Daddy, she used to protect us and she would hide food. And give us food when we had no food. Oh. And Debbie and I looked at each other and we said we got to go back and get her. And so we only, but we found out she was turning 14. And when they turned 14, you can't adopt them. We only had six months to get her. And you know it's a lot of money to raise, but God miraculously did it. To, you know, just cut it short. But we made it with three days to spare before her 14th birthday and rescued her. And that's how we got the five. And and just recently we found out that. There's a little girl in India whose mom and dad died six years ago, and she's about ready to age out. 
and our our agency came to us and said they need a bunch of girls. She needs girls around her. So we we're going to go back one more time, God willing. And you know, the AVA page is where people can, you know, tax deductible. They can donate on our site too. There, too, if anybody feels led to do that. You know, again, we are talking to Rocky Coyle about uh, what's going on, the adoptions that he is, uh, him and his wife have done, and. Rocky, we're a couple of Irish guys. I got tears coming down my cheek because what, yeah. a, what a story this is. The Lord has led you to do great work, and uh, I can't well, wait for I can't I, wait for people yeah. to to hear, you know, this story. It it, it it really is incredible, and it needs to be told that this is the Lord. You know, this isn't Rocky and Debbie. This whole thing has transformed my life, and I've been blessed. You know, people worry. Like I hear people say, "Man, how could you do that?" I'm going to tell you something. Every day I wake up, like one of my little girls, I said, there's going to be five of you, Leah, the first one who had nothing. There's going to be five of you in one bathroom. And she just smiled and she said, oh, Daddy. She goes, I never had a bathroom. I love my bathroom. (laughs) Five is willing to share that um, for sure. Rocky, the um, your biological uh, children are very comfortable. And obviously it's this is one. This is a big family now, man. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I used to say when people come up to me and say, "How many children do you have?" and I'd go two, and now I they go, "How many kids do you have?" and I go uh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I always wanted. I'm an Irishman. I always wanted a big family. And I yeah. thought, well, hey, I went the hard seven. You know, I went the hard way. You know, I went a you know, I went a hard seven to get it, but it, we did it. But hey. God, it was it's a it's a miracle. All of it because you know it's a lot of money to raise, and you know what? We were debt free. You know, God, anybody who's wanted to adopt, you don't ever let uh, the money be an obstacle. If God's calling you, if God's in it, we win it. And and if he's in it, the, the peace of God, you know, even through the toughest times, the peace of God, when you're in his will, and when he looks at adoption, little children and whatever, orphans and widows, there's a peace, there's a power of God when you're in his will that, that is amazing, and, and it's a powerful thing. And I'm very humbled, you know, and, you know, we're not heroes. Jesus is the hero because it was him, and he's the one that gets glorified through all this, through, through my career and through these things. Because I know, and when I look at these things, because when I first went to adopt, you know, it was it, it looked, un, like, unbelievable. And I remember uh, we had to pay $10,000 for the first thing, and I had saved, like Dave Ramsey says, you know, I had saved up 10000 And the day before I was supposed to pay it, my air conditioner went out. And so I said, I was, went out in the backyard. I go, Lord, you want me to do this? And now I got it. This, it's going to cost me 10000 It's the middle of summer. And, and, and it's just like, hey, trust me. And a buddy of mine's a builder, and this, this guy who's an air conditioning guy came over, and he looked at it. He said, yeah, it's shot. He goes, maybe I could rig it up this weekend. And so, uh, you know, I said, I have a baseball camp. Just go ahead and look at it. Well, I got back from the camp that day. And I had a new air conditioning unit on my house, and I told him, I said, you didn't understand. I didn't want you to put it in. And the guy said, I've been a Christian a month. He goes, I'd never give anything away. And he goes, and that night, I usually sleep so good. And he said, that night I went to bed, and I couldn't sleep. And I felt like the Lord was telling me to give you an air conditioner. <laughs> he goes, I don't give my gra- my mother or my grandmother. <laughs> and he said, and he had an air conditioning unit. He had taken off another house, and the Lord was telling him, hey, you have that air conditioning unit you're going to make money off. I want you to give it to this guy. He, he, he did all the labor, hooked it up, gave us a new air conditioner, did not charge me a dime, and I went down and paid that money the next day to get that first little girl started off, to get started off in the process. He is, people ask me, how do I know God's real? 
Oh. You just, buy, you just and you know what? You you by faith step out and you'll see the glory of God. You'll see the power of God like you've never seen. It's abbafund.org. A B B A. A-B-B-A, abbafund.org. And, you know, go to the Coyle uh, Family Adoption. There's a way to donate for, 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 for these guys. There's a way to donate to, to this fund. Um, with, with, Abba does great work. It's Adoption Assistance for Christian Families. And the more I read on it, the more I looked it up, uh, the information that, that, that I looked at today really impressed with the work that they do. We've got to get to a, a quick break. Uh, we've just got a very short fourth segment, and I'm going to ask you, Rocky, very quickly, For Life, uh, Inc., I want to know what that's all about, and we'll do that quickly on the other side of the break. Uh, this is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pelham Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, again, flying solo this week. Special guest, he's been a good one. This has been a really, really good show. Uh, Rocky Coyle, former uh, pro baseball player, also works with uh, Tom Roy and the guys over at UPI. Hey, Rocky, earlier in the show, you talked about a nonprofit that you do for life, the number four, lifeinc.org. Can you tell me a little bit about that? It started uh, probably about... um almost 20 years ago, and what it basically what is is we do camps, and we do speaking, we do, uh, we try to do scholarships, and we do uh, outreaches, you know, we work through churches, through uh, local organizations, and, uh, you know, we try to do camps uh, for kids of all ages, and, you know, uh, we try to do the physical, emotional, and spiritual mentoring kids, and so we try to go where kids are, and we do camps, and, uh we have different, you know, things that, you know, if we go to the website, you can see, but a lot of it is, you know, I, I like to go out and do speaking places and we also have scholarships and then the camps are really a great outreach. And also it's really focused on teaching too. So it's all about uh, mentoring and helping kids, you know, and, and after school and things like that also with their, uh, with their schoolwork. Hey, so if, I, everything if, like if I brought you up to Milwaukee, can, can you uh, get me to hit a softball a little bit better in the church softball oh. league? Oh, I can get you to hit. <laughs> hey, man, I'm 58 years old. I can't. I tell you what, I can't hit a gap anymore. I, all I'm trying to do, and I hit. I'm a right-handed hitter. I'm trying to hit the the right field line so it can hit chalk and kind of go to the right, so I can try to get to second base. We'll get you, man. We'll, At you know, a point. We'll get you so hard, you won't have to run hard in second. We'll get you. Hey, two quick. Hey. Two quick questions before we go. You talked about spending a lot of time in Alabama. So, War Eagle or Roll Tide? Well, I'm not going to go there, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. That's like I live here in North Carolina. They try to get you Duke or Carolina. Um, all I, I, I always give Auburn people a hard time just because I like to. I always told them that when I was growing up, the only thing I ever thought of when they said football in Alabama was a guy named Paul Bear Bryant. And the hounds, you know, the the hat and, and and all that. They just go, no. It's like I go, I go. I never heard of Auburn. So, if you're going to talk about the state of Alabama, I know Auburn fans are going to go crazy. But I don't. It's hard to root for either one. It's so crazy there. 
that when they win, that whoever wins the game on the top of their house for Christmas, they put the score. Oh, my goodness. I, the, I'm not kidding, man. It's a true story. When where you are now, and we had this conversation, Chuck Sullivan, the general manager here, he uh, he is a North Carolina Tar Heel through and through. He doesn't <laughs> want you to say the word Duke. He doesn't want to say to Coach K. He doesn't want to hear anything. In fact, about twice a week, he walks past my desk, and he says, hey, by the way, Tar Heels are still the national champions. They are. And I go, I know. Why do you, what? I know that. He goes, I just wanted to remind you, Coach, that the Tar Heels are still the national champs. I said, I know. He uh, he understands all that, and he is just such a North Carolina Tar Heel guy. Does not want, he doesn't want Duke to ever win a game. That's right. He doesn't. I mean, I have one of my little girls, Chi-Chi. She's hilarious. Uh, she became a UNC fan. Because she said, I want the sweatshirt that has the pretzel on it. And I said, the pretzel? And then I looked, it was the logo for UNC. looks like a pretzel. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had a UNC guy who's really hardcore. He goes, hey, whatever way we get them, we'll take them. I took her her to the Wake Forest game the other day, and she loved it. You know, so we had a blast. And so, yeah, it's it's serious here. People don't realize in Wisconsin and other places. They kind of do, but you don't. If you ever lived in Alabama or you lived in North Carolina, this stuff is serious, man. It's fighting. Those are fighting words. Hey, Allie Buckner, who's my direct boss, uh, she's a sales manager here. She, she, her husband went to uh, Auburn, and we we had this conversation this morning, and she said, "You don't understand. It's War Eagle in my house here in Wisconsin. Wherever we move to, it's War Eagle." And World Tide. She said, we don't – look, I spent a lot of time in Alabama, so did we want Alabama to beat Georgia? Yeah, maybe, but probably not. I, if you ask my husband who graduated from Auburn, he probably does not want Alabama to win the national championship. They don't. It's just like when Butler's ball – the ball went in and out against Duke. Oh, Every Carolina was on the edge of their seat hoping that went in. I'm telling you, man, it, that, that was – it's like that. It's serious, man. It's, it's crazy. It's fun I, stuff. I, I, for an Alabama-Notre Dame game yeah. when I was in football, and I'm, oh my goodness, I saw the Alabama fans, and they are serious stuff. They hate Notre Dame. <laughs> it's Everything awesome. 73. And they still hold a grudge. Still, still hold a grudge. Hey, if you put a, if you put a, Oh, go ahead. Hey, yeah, I got to wrap this up. I just want people to know if you get a chance for life, the number four org. If you want to uh, take a look at, at uh, what Rocky, his nonprofit organization is, I would highly recommend ABBAFund.org as well. It is an uh, organization we'll to. Come, go ahead. We'll come speak. You know, I'll come speak, my wife and I, about adoption, or, you know, I'll come speak through your groups or whatever, you know. So, um, you know, we, we do that too. So. Yeah, I would, uh, boy, I'd love to get you up to Wisconsin. And, uh, man, maybe we go to the batting cages. I'll show you how I, yeah, I'm sorry. Man, you know I'm totally kidding. He is Rocky Coyle. Again, org. the number 44lifeinc.org. You know, last thing to say to you, your father must be awfully proud of you right now, Rocky. I'm telling you. My dad, you know, when, when I got out of pro baseball, I called him up and I told him I was leaving. And he told me, he said, Son, he goes, you remember that day in Little League when you struck out? And I just smiled, and I go, yeah, I remember. And he goes, I'm as proud of you today as I was then, and I'll always be proud of you. And, and we talk every day. He's in Phoenix, Arizona. He's 82 years old. He uh, works at the rescue mission. He feeds people. He works at the uh, at, for the uh, foster care home, and he also helps prisoners 
with their transition back into society, and he teaches a widow's Bible study. He says to elderly women, and he's 82, and my mom passed away from breast cancer a few years ago. My dad is, is in ministry now, and he, he's a wonderful guy. He lives out there in Phoenix and plays golf once a week. He's a great guy. That's awesome. So, Rocky, we've got to wrap this up. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, oh, yeah. Keep up the good work, brother. Again, he is Rocky Coyle. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.